welcome to the Eat, Say, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and choke slamming you right in the ear holes today. The uh, the song, a little warm up for what we got for everybody today. Bringing in another guest. Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but okay. loved your intro for him. You did. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. The video is, the video is even better. <laughs> and I see him. We, they don't know. Our guest is here. And so he's over there just shaking his head because he knows he's probably heard it a thousand times. <laughs> so we, we've, we had an unwritten rule in here not to have a guest who is better looking than us, which is hard to do. Well, with, we with, think so. With your chiseled face and perfectly shaped head and my rugged good looks and the the, the beard of Zeus. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. It but is tough. We've done we've set ourselves up though. We had ugly ass Galanti in here, freaking ugly ass easy. first. Ooh, easy. You know what I'm saying? It. And then what do we do? What do we do? We bring in found somebody with superior genetics. Yes. Fuck. Yes, we did. <laughs> I know. But you know what? It's for the betterment of the show. We're doing this for the show. It's for the people. All four. four. Yes. All four. <laughs> all well, hopefully we're still at four. It's been a second. <laughs> Those podcations, they just keep coming. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, we're going we're to cover a few things um, before we introduce our guests, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into his story, his life, um, where he came from, where he's at. It's kind of like the Twitter things right now, where it started. Better yet, where, better yet, where he's going. Where he's going is, yes. is, the, is the big thing. You'll be happy to know I made him sign a contract. So he has to come back in a year when he's a big, big star and do this uh, little show of ours again. Help our ratings a little bit. You like that? I like it. Got Good job. Contract. Yeah. Um, first off, I'll start off with uh, your Facebook post today. Touch touched my heart a little bit. It was my okay. it was my daughter, youngest Keelan, mm-hmm. posted. But man, it had a great meaning to it, and I uh, just want let's just get from, right from the author. Well, <laughs> well, well, I mean, what was up with that? Well, post we today? Just, well, I mean, it was kind of like straight from the heart because you know our mom, Sergeant Margaret, sent me that picture of your daughter. And if people don't people that don't know what we're talking about, uh, I posted on Facebook today. My my. My mom had sent a picture of Ross's daughter, my niece, at uh, at Walmart, and my niece is sitting there, and she has a she has a mask on, and and, and she's it, almost two. She's almost two. She's almost two years old, and she's just sitting there with a the mask on, and and my mom, being you know the proud Mimi, she she says she goes, you know, she didn't even she didn't cry or fight the mask at all. Oh. I know, dude. That was like a donkey kick in the heart. Doesn't sit well with us. No, it didn't. And you know, come on, and, Tank, throw that I, shit yeah, off. And I and I have the uh, I have bragging rights of nicknaming her Tankosaurus or Tank for short. And it's because you know how she's like a bull in a china cabinet everywhere she goes. Like I, I said on that post, you turn your back, she's standing in the mashed potato bowl on top of the kitchen table. You this know what I'm is saying? the truth. She's tackling the dog. She's tackling her cousins. I mean, she's just she's a tank. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's got a rebellious spirit that does you know climbing to the top of the refrigerator, just you know running down a flight of stairs. She doesn't care. Yeah. And, and so when when Sergeant Margaret sent me that picture, she didn't fight the mask at all. What, and I put this up, and I even I prefaced it in my post. I'm not making this a debate about the mask. Yeah, and when I say throw that shit off, it's that doesn't mean I'm against mask. I wear a mask every single day, a lot of the day. Pussy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, Kidding. Uh, it's 
it's about what it is instilling in our in our yes. youth. It's it, you know, and people hate to hear this, but it's taking a little bit of our freedom away. I know it's wearing a mask. You can wear a mask. How hard is it to wear a mask? I get it. Okay, I get it. It's just wearing a mask. But I don't like the way the government has went about doing it. Just saying, you have to. Yeah. I mean, there was no. I to me, they feel like there was no due process. Nothing. Just you have to. We didn't looked at the science behind it, the numbers, even how that Dr. Fauci, Fucci, Fucky, uh, whatever, saying, sometimes he's saying wear a mask. Sometimes he's saying you shouldn't. Sometimes you see him out without a mask. Yeah. You know, and so we don't know. And so, you, you know, what I'm trying to say is I, I want Tank, when she grows up, to, to question things. Yes. You know, not to just fall in line and think, well, you know, back in 2020, they just told my dad and my mom that their business had to shut down. And so that's what we did. So in 20 years, when they tell her, you know, whatever business or, you know, giant adventure she gets herself into and they say, you have to stop, you have to quit. She'll just say, oh, I remember my parents doing it. So that's what I'm just going to do it. You know, and I and I almost I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's almost like they're setting up these further these future generations for it. They know we're going to fight it a little bit. Yeah. We haven't fought it like I uh, well, thought we would this long. If you would have told me when it first started, <laughs> if we were still talking about this in October, I'd be like, oh, shit. There's, there'd be some people really taking this to court or whatever, throwing some money at the, right. to say, no, this isn't constitutional. I really thought it would be, it'd be crazy how people would fight it, and it, it really hasn't and, taken and, off and, like that. And we've kind of said this in, in uh, past uh, podcasts, it's almost become like a wearing a mask is a Democrat thing to do and not wearing a mask is a Republican thing to do. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it almost too, becomes yeah, that struggle. A, I'm yeah. a, yes. Someone texts me today and I'm not going to say what party they said. After I posted this, this is no joke. They post, they text me and said, I didn't know you were a blank like yeah. political party. Like, where did I say that? Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a freaking goddamn American. You know what I'm saying? I'm team. We, we said we're team freaking USA. I'm, I'm against neither, my rights. We're not along. either way. We're, no. we're, we vote common sense, right? Right down my ticket every single time is common sense. Exactly. I mean, my common sense. I don't. Exactly. So that's, yeah. I mean, that post is, it's kind but, of blowing up I right now. The, I got to the end of it and I almost had it. It touched my feeling a right. little bit. Well, almost had a tear, like, because it was my daughter. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm like, gosh. Yeah. But, um, and it's funny, your wife, Sister Donnie, actually FaceTimed me crying. <laughs> Why did you do that to me? And I had no idea, because I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, Why did you do that to me? I'm like, what? Wait, what's the matter? I had no idea. I mean, I could have went in many directions. And and so then she said, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. It made her cry or whatever. So yeah. I didn't... It, and, I read some of the comments and, and I hate, you know, someone texting you and yeah. right off the bat throwing in political about it. Nothing. It wasn't political with no. you. It, me and you were kind of the same. It was, it was it, about our kids just not yeah. falling in the line yes. so easily. Yes. And, because and, that's not what this place was built on. Right. I and mean, I, it's, and, and I loved how you, how you stated in there, how we, the people are going to become the servants. Right. How yeah. they're not serving, they're no longer serving us, we're serving them. Yes. You know what I'm and saying? And that's what's a money train for these right. lifetime politicians. Right. And you know, yeah. I, and I, I said in there, it's like, we forget that this nation was formed 
from fighting tyranny. And in, in the people are like, oh, tyranny, wearing a mask is tyranny. No, no it's, it's making you that. do things. It's telling you what you have to do. It's closing your business. It's That's all, the, it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when the English were doing that to the, the early settlers, just, you know, the taxation without representation and all that, and they fought back. Yeah. You know, and that that's how we were formed. Yeah. And now I forget it, you know. I, I did, hey, let me pat myself. I did like, I said, uh, that's what rang my red, white, and blue Liberty Bell. <laughs> that was As always, great. we thank you for your service. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're All welcome. Right. Um, so I, I will also bring this up. Okay. We started today's show with no no shot of tequila. Is there a reason behind that? You know what I? Because usually those little things are on your lead. Well, you're the I, one that gets well, it down. You pour well, it. You're the one that picks the song. Well, so I've been going your lead. Well, normally you're 20 minutes late, so but I have the tequila shots all set up, the music <laughs> queued up, everything set. All you got to do is come in and turn on the computer. That's all you have to do, and and give one of your semi half-ass apologies for being 17 minutes late. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know if I wanted to bring this up, but I mean, this it, it almost sounds like I'm following your lead because. You kind of talked about it a little bit, but you know what? I decided a month ago, it's actually been one month today, which is we were talking about. This, I decided to quit drinking. Like, done with it. Done with it. Done with it. For good? For good. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's. Uh, okay, you, okay. Well, no, it's one of the. I've act, you know, this is, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually went to an AA meeting. The first week I decided to. You told me that. The first week I decided to uh, quit, I went to an AA meeting. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that they say, you know. You Have you been back? I haven't. Not because I didn't like it. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. I just don't think it's the path. Did you talk? Uh, no, not really. Just introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, they're actually doing pussy. <laughs> uh, but it was one of those things where, like, they say, like, you know, like I'm not drinking forever. It's like I'm not drinking today. I don't plan on drinking tomorrow. And you just, you know, at that, I like one, that one day at a time. You know what I'm saying? That's what they t- dude. I, big t- I hey, big test this weekend. What's oh we're, we're going, going to the Lake of the Ozarks. Ozarks this weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love my drinks in the Ozarks. Who doesn't? But you know Does it count down there? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those I don't drink every day. I don't even drink during the week. Yeah. I drink about once a week yeah. on average. But I make up for those other days. <laughs> one time I hop on the the alcoholux train and just woo woo. You know, and it's the problem with me, and it's a it's a problem with you. It's a problem with a don't, lot of us. Don't put me in the same boat as you. Please help. <laughs> Come on, I, I need that. the support of my family and friends right now. <laughs> oh, you got it, but okay. don't put me in the same boat. But you know, it's the ha- that my hangovers are debilitating. Okay, you can put me in that boat. Okay, that's see. <laughs> cool. I should have listened first. Th- and it's not the physical physicality of it see how my, my vocabulary is even better since i quit drinking damn right but you know I, I like to i like to refer to it like the black wave like for the next two or three days after drinking i'm just there's just anxiety and depression and just it's terrible you yeah. know what i'm saying it's it is it's i call it the black wave because i don't want to do anything i don't have any motivation you know but my joy has been sucked out of me and I can't be who I want to be and do the things I want to do if I'm going to drink. Yeah. Like I said, drinking's fine, but the next three days at a waste. And you know how it is. Go out hardcore on a Saturday night, hit it hard. Sunday, I don't do it. I like going to church. I don't. If I drink on Saturday, I never make it to church. 
And then the next three days, like I'm just trying to recover, get myself back. And my job requires me to be, you know, motivational to other people. How can I motivate other people when myself doesn't even want to climb out of freaking bed? And, and, and we've talked about this a thousand, mm. thousand times. So I'm not saying anything you don't know or haven't heard from me, but you're, you have no filter when it comes to drinking, as in it's, it's, it's gear five. I mean, it's one, one beer, two beers, and then gone. Just like, like I'm, I'm in this it, for the long run tonight. You've heard that saying, one is too many and seven isn't enough. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yep. Pedal, I mean, you're a pedal to the metal yes. when you drink. Yes, just like I like, like I yeah. do anything, really. It's, you know, and so yeah. I just, I can't, I still want to do it anymore. You yeah. know, I just, it's a cycle. You know, say I'm hungover on Sunday, still a little hungover on Monday. Tuesday coming out, Tuesday. Wednesday feeling pretty good, Thursday come out, Friday, I don't even remember that guy, here we go, <laughs> Saturday night, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying, back that's, on, that's the truth. back and, on, and, and so many people that it would look, no, all four of you listening probably feel the same way, I, I, I mean, it's so many, I talked to all my friends, it's the same yeah. thing, fight through it for those three, four days, you get back in the gym, all of a sudden on Friday, you're like, I don't remember that person at all that was hungover. Let's go. <laughs> hungover. What? You know, and so, you know, I've, I have I've went to a wedding, you know, not drink. I've been drinking those N.A. beers because you find it's like a cigarette smoke. You need something to do with your hands when you're standing around yeah. talking to people. Yeah. One night, one night I drank eight, eight non-alcoholic bush beers. <laughs> That's pretty good. Did you have to go to the bathroom a lot? Uh, not really. Not more than. <laughs> because then I've cut back on drinking. So mm-hmm. same thing, even when it was. We were getting in the pool and stuff and grilling out. I would drink the Bud N.A.'s, but mm. I drank three or four, and it's like I yeah. drank two gallons of water. <laughs> but, you know, it's I've tried, the, and they talked about this at the AA meeting. I tried things like, you know what? Tonight I'm only drinking beer, no shots. Tonight I'm going to go home at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Tonight I'm going to drink a beer and then a water. And then I've tried everything. You name Same it. Same thing, everybody. I've tried yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, once I have two beers, like, get that water out of my freaking face. <laughs> Things I need water. Get out. <laughs> who, who ordered me this water? I'll fight him right here. You know, and it's just, you know, I'll tell you what. It's been a month. Today is a month, and good for I, you, man. Thanks. And it's been, it's truly been amazing. Yeah. Like I, I'm so much more productive. My my pr- productivity is a hundredfold better. My my creativity, my vocabulary, my sharpness, my everything, my smart ass wit is so much better. Do you know what I'm saying? Whoa. Just and I. It's, and for a good show, then. <laughs> no pressure i already used it today okay. um but yeah that's 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 where i'm at you know it's well we'll touch base on that well hey you know we think about like remember that podcast when i put you know we we're talking about people that like there's no accountability on facebook they start going to the gym for six months and they're taking pictures of their meal and, <laughs> and they're, then every check-in at the gym and next thing they disappear and no one no one says a word like hey hey what happened to the hey mr fitness what happened <laughs> mr bethalto where's your uh Where's your Facebook post at the gym and eating clean? Where are those? You know? Yep. So if anyone sees me with a beer, just smack it right out of my face. <laughs> I wouldn't do that because he might be on beer seven. <laughs> but make sure it's not alcohol. Make sure it has alcohol in it before you slap it on me. I, these hands are ready to eat for everybody, Ross. You know that. <laughs> all right. Enough about us. We're, uh, we're going to get into our guest today um, all the way from New York City. By way of Beardstown, <laughs> Illinois, my boy Delaney Ortiz. What's up, fellas? Not much. I I mean I don't know where to start. Like trying to preface to the people, all our people. Like, 
like who he is. You so, know what I'm saying? So I'll, I'll kind of start off. Uh, okay. Delaney was a former student of mine when I was a teacher, former uh, one of my basketball players. Mm-hmm. Um, and so graduated. You know, I'll let him get into the story a little bit, but um, graduated, did his own thing, was out there trying to find out who he was, um, and then I think started doing some stand-up, fell into some acting. I'm not sure exactly how it all lined up. Um, and then really here recently has been focused on modeling. I think he's trying to get back into the acting a little bit, a little he's more. A, he's a sexy mofo. I'll he's tell you a that sexy right mofo. now, Ross. I'll tell you that right now. So we thought it would be cool. He was in town this week for a wedding. Um, so we thought it'd be cool if we could bring him into the studio, kind of find out his story because it's unique. I mean, he's from Beardstown, Illinois, who most of you probably haven't heard of unless you listen to my story on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to it. Yeah, I know. Um, so it's bringing in somebody came from a small town, just a normal ass dude and how, how cool a story is and, and, and how do you even begin this story? How do you get into my, if I wanted to be a model, I couldn't be cause I'm not a sexiest. You ugly. <laughs> U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. How would you even start? I, and I think that's something we really want to do on this podcast is find people with unique stories and how they got into it. And especially people on the rise and then check back with them in a year, two years. Say, hey, where is he now? What's he doing? Will he even talk to us? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy, but he's got, you know, he's college basketball, National Guard, stand-up comedy, modeling, acting. He has an IMDB page. Is that what they call it? You do? I do. I research Damn. once again, Ross. Somebody over here doing the research. Somebody <laughs> over here doing the research. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Delaney, let's. Uh, I guess we'll start off. Um, I guess maybe our relationship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Me and Delaney. Um, why don't you tell people how how me and you became well, tight? I guess well. You kicking me off the team really made us. Oh, much you going, <laughs> but going, not straight to it. Not straight to it. Straight to it. You kicked him off the <laughs> but before team. That, I didn't know about this. <laughs> but uh, I guess the story was starting in Detroit, and uh, right when I was starting high school, you were going to Beardstown, Illinois, for your first year as a coach. Yep. And we met down there, clicked instantly. Was amazing. Took me right up under your wing, and I just had the worst possible attitude that any kid could have. And um, what's well, funny, you know, so Delaney comes into practice in the summer and a lot of kids go through this mm-hmm. and you come in and, you know, he comes in, he's a real funny, positive kid. Yeah. But then as you know, you start to get a little hair downstairs and you start what? to become a little tough guy, yeah, you get a little attitude. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. anyways, I mean, it's a maturity thing, but that's what, that's really what it was. And that helped me mature a lot kind of realizing that i didn't know everything it's like you'll teach me one thing and i just took it around with it i was like oh i guess this is it now i'm the star <laughs> player basketball all that and uh but no that was a great time in Beardstown. and uh my sophomore year he kicked me off for so why why did he kick him off is there what there's no simple it was a lot like it I was mean, it's just a build-up of yeah things over time me just trying to teach lessons life mm-hmm. lessons so how long was he off the team the whole year. Uh, I didn't get, he didn't let me back. Oh, I tried to get back the next week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm get, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know a lot about Beardstown. Small town, success. I would think, and I know he went on to play college ball. He probably had to be, even as a sophomore, maybe the best player on the team or close, right? Uh, no, he was, I mean, a sophomore year. He was a JV guy. Okay. I mean, Delaney. Delaney. <laughs> a late bloomer. <laughs> there we go. That's the words I was like, late bloomer physically. Okay. Um, I mean, was still a good basketball player, and but on the JV team, and it was just added two things towards the JV coach at practice. Um, or you, you know, you keep discipline, discipline, and mm-hmm. and uh, 
eventually you got to teach this. The only thing I can do as a coach is the sternest lesson right. was removed from the team because you kind of see a path that he was heading down. And, and it wasn't the same kid as be, the, the year before. And obviously it wasn't just like one day, I like click, you're off the team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pull yeah. you in the office. I talked to him, pull him in the office. Me and the JV coach talked to you. Right. You know, you're running laps. You're doing some different things. You're trying to, you're trying to find different ways to motivate him or whatever. And then eventually it just. You, you but mean, without you doing that, I would not have got it. So one, let me ask you two questions, Delaney. One, then did you think you deserved to be kicked off the team at the time? What kind of question is that? No, <laughs> no. Why would you kick me off the team then? I would never. I, I ever... probably know the answer now. Now, do you think you deserve to be kicked off the team? Not at that time. Before that time, that's like, if I was the coach, I would have been kicked myself off the team. So I absolutely deserve. Yeah. So it. not like, right. I got chances, multiple chances. Exactly. So how do you come back the next year? How does this? How do we repair this? How does? If I remember right, I think the next week he did try to come back on. And, mm -hmm. But, I mean, at this point, you're looking out for the development of your team, right. kids in his class or younger, you know, on your team. So, you know, I mean, you stick to your guns or no one thinks that you have any. Right. So it wasn't until I think was it right before that, right before summer basketball started, he came into my – and I wasn't going to go reach out to him because it's, it's a growing thing. And so I think he, he, he stepped into the office like a man growing up, learned a lesson, and we just talked it out. But from there, I mean, he was, he was after that, he was fantastic. From there, yeah, it was, um, that was it. Like, work hard, be disciplined. I literally just tried to mimic every quality that this guy had. And uh, I was not by far one of the best players on the team. Mm -hmm. But I became, like, such a, I kind of, like, transformed, literally, you from did. year to year. And then even going into college, like, just in the gym constantly and Beardstown is so small it was hard to get 10 people to have an open gym yeah I would call this guy like yo can you let me into the gym mm -hmm. he's in there doing the stuff in the office I got garbage cans on the court and you know really just put the groundwork in so was that like kind of something. a life would you was that a life-changing absolutely that was yeah. a life-changing experience for yeah. sure for sure because I I led I keep that in the back of my mind right in any situation I'm in especially when I do feel like i don't get what I deserve, quote unquote. I'll really check myself and be like, right. you know, I did deserve it. It's I've never heard. I didn't know this story, or maybe I, I probably did back at the time, but I didn't know Delaney back. And now just seeing like, the, like I would never think of him, him as being someone who would deserve to get kicked off the team. Just knowing him now, do you know what I'm saying? Which is a compliment to him and you and both of you. Just you know, obviously he's you know changed a lot. Yeah. So I mean, now we're. I mean, he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So where do we go? So. Where we go after high school basketball? So high school, uh, my mother was standing in Beardstown. She was actually moving to Atlanta, Georgia, and mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. I wanted to get into a college. Didn't have many looks. I was 17, graduating, weighed like 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. Just very, very small, not into my body. And he was moving to Jacksonville, actually, which is closer to Springfield, uh, but still a pretty good distance. And my living situation fell through. And he gave me the opportunity to stay with him since I didn't want to go to Georgia. And he's like, you can rent out my basement and uh, go from there. So then my first year of basketball, I registered at Lincoln Land. Lincoln Land College, okay. Mm -hmm. In uh, Springfield. And then uh, still kind of thought I knew everything. Got on academic probation mm -hmm. quick my first semester. And then, now, uh, <laughs> now, what do you do at this point? Are you on him? Are you treating him like as as a as a renter? Are you treating him as a roommate? Are you treating him as like a like sort of a dad figure? Like, hey, what the what the hell's with the grades? I look back. I wasn't just checking his grades all the time. You're right. You know, um, I look back and wish I 
I probably would have acted mm-hmm. a little more stern, a little more like his coach, um, to not let that happen to him. Right. Um, but then again, maybe it was another lesson he needed to learn. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I was, I mean, our, we started to build a friendship a little bit more than, you know, um, right. you being a watching, thor- yeah, a watching college figure. basketball, yeah. watching NBA. I mean, he was right. more of a roommate, I guess, but, mm-hmm. Um, so no, I didn't, I wasn't checking up on him like that. Yeah, I, got I for one oh. wish you were, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have at the time, but now <laughs> you, <laughs> right. I was on my own, man. It was freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lincoln land. So do you end up leaving Lincoln land or what, what are we, what are we so doing? So they took away uh, all my money to come back next year, but I was still on the team. So I had to pay out of pocket uh, for as many credits as I could just to stay eligible to be uh-huh. red shirting. So I paid for one class and, um, start missing, you know, Right at the end of the semester, I was just missing so much school because my car was breaking down and I was driving 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. This became very, very rough. And um, that's when I joined the National Guard, actually. So I'm Ooh, taking ah, <laughs> the National Guard, Rod. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, um, looking back now, it was a short-term solution for a short-term problem. Like, I didn't need to do that because I really only did it just to pay him rent monthly. Right. I would get a couple hundred bucks. I could pay him because at this point I owe him about 600, 700 bucks in rent that I right. couldn't pay. And uh, yeah, that's what led me there. And so I finished my year out at Lincoln Land. And that was when I started to be- to like really develop muscle. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't even recognize And then myself. you're living with Ross, who's probably lifting at the time. And that's what, and one of the things we started doing together. We're right. going to the gym a he lot taught together. Me and how to work out. Like, right. not just to be in the gym doing so much stuff. It's actually funny. The first thing I said to Coach Omar, my high school football coach, was our first ever weightlifting session. He broke everybody out to go lift to these stations. And I went up to him, like, in the corner, like, hey, Coach, I can't lift weights. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, son, that's how you do it. And uh, he really taught me how to Ross develop yeah, my body. Yeah, yeah. So then you go away the National Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Where'd you go to basic training? Uh, for Leonardwood. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, right over. Doesn't count. So you're, and I'll, I'll jump ahead. So we'll skip the national. So you're in the national guard. Um, and while you're in the national guard, is that when you started getting interested in doing what you're doing? Second semester at Lincoln land, when I was taking that one class right before I joined the guard, you know, I was always just messing around in the locker room and like comedic relief for our 20 point blowout losses and all this stuff. Yeah. So, I can't, I, wait, I can't wait till you say something funny on here today. Oh, you might be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so then uh, we were just talking about it one day, me and a couple of my teammates, and I asked them if they think I could do stand-up. And everybody was like, yeah, you, I think so. And then there was like two or three guys who said, no, that's a whole different thing. And then I was like, I'm doing stand-up. You, <laughs> you, you told me I'm not doing it, so I'm doing it. Yeah. And so I remember, I mean, a couple things. Like I'd, I'd walk in, I'd walk in from school, and Delaney would be up on the couch, computer out, teach himself to play the guitar. Yeah. And I walk into that a couple of times and I walk in a few months later and walk in and he's just doing stand up, like practicing as a stand up. I'm like, this, this kid is right. This kid is, I don't, I don't know if he's fooling himself or is he really this multi-talented. Right. And then he starts showing some videos that he had made and he's like in the locker room playing the guitar, but singing to his, singing to a team, like joke songs. And, right. and it was, I mean, they were, had you had me dying. Uh-huh. Um, start writing uh, like parody songs. Ah, and, yes. And then what you're doing the, uh, the weird Al of the your vine, time. the vines vine. Yeah. Which uh, was, the six second was, app of uh-huh. five, six years ago. That was pretty big. And, uh, that actually, kinda, what was that? 
changed my life, like making those videos because that led to me being seen or discovered by whomever. And so did I jump ahead a little bit? Yeah, uh, uh, you didn't jump ahead because it was still I was still doing that, just yeah. trying to get in the into the comedy world at any angle I could. So you start. So your teammates kind of dare you to do it. So you go up. So you do it. I do it on stage. You go on stage. Somewhere? On stage. Where, where? Live at a uh, Donnie B's in Springfield, mm -hmm. Illinois. A uh, super small venue, uh, but like a very intimate venue. So if you're good, it's gonna be really be good. <laughs> and they're right bad, on top of you, probably. Man, it's like staying in someone's living room, kind of. Uh, is this a is this open mic? Open or, mic, yeah. Open mic. So I. But what were the other mic. acts? Your first night were were there other comedians? There were, were other comedians. Yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a handful of comedians, about fifteen. Oh, so I had wow. to email them for a spot wow. on uh -huh. the open mic show. So at this point, I've been preparing, like, been trying to write for about a week and a half yeah. and whatnot, and. We get there, a lot of my buddies show up. Oh, no. So I have support, and I'm feeling <laughs> good. I'm feeling confident. Yeah, support. <laughs> but um, I killed it. No. Like, killed the entire set. At this point, I'm like, where's the HBO special? <laughs> That's my next question. That's my next question. But um, that was the worst thing that could ever happen to me, and I think could ever happen to any comic and any person trying to succeed at anything, uh. being very, very good. Immediately. Right. Immediately. Yeah. That put my expectations through the roof. So much so. That shit's easy. So <laughs> easy. I was like, oh, why didn't I could win for an hour? You yeah, know? Yeah. I have three and a half minutes worth of content just messing around the rest of the time. But um went back out to the same spot uh two weeks later. Not many of my friends could show up. I had less <laughs> uh, didn't, support. Didn't have your laugh tracks. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I bombed so bad. Like and that's gotta be one of the worst feelings. Three, three and a half minutes probably feels like three and a half hours. Hours? When nobody's laughing? Nobody, like you're just standing there. You oh. can see eyeballs. Like, oh, and then man. when you see people start to like grunt and like feel bad oh. for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're sweating for you. They're <laughs> embarrassed for you. <laughs> and they're putting their heads down, taking these drinks like, oh, man. Yeah. And uh, I didn't finish the entire five minutes. <laughs> I, was like, I got off before they even lighted me because I was like, yeah, this isn't going. They, so, before they lighted me. <laughs> before they lighted me. Oh, they'll let you know. Trust me. They wouldn't definitely let you know but uh i needed that to really bring myself right. back down to level negative 50 because i was at yeah. like three million right like, start from zero but uh how many, was... how many times did you do that in, in springfield in springfield four after you like, bombed when did you go back how long i was like a month a, a month? month and a half yeah working on material yeah i really tried a lot of the same stuff again and that's when i kind of realized like the difference between crowds age mm -hmm. race ethnicity background like because some things that we can laugh about, you may make a joke around someone, they're like, that's not funny, or that's offensive, or that's something. Listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, him being a stand-up uh, comedian, like he's always talking about, it's the delivery and working the crowd and when to say certain things, when to let them laugh, and just like you're working the crowd more than just yep. being funny is kind of, you know, it's not just getting up there and telling a joke just because your uncle leo is funny you know and sit around the kitchen table and tell you a funny dirty joke doesn't mean he's going to get up and be good on stage absolutely not it, it really is delivery and kind of the cadence it's of kind it of an art art to it it's literally an art and i was so naive in that yeah. and i like me even thinking that i deserved any type of special <laughs> was just disrespectful to everybody who like, came before me and yeah really had to check myself on that part yeah that's awesome so four or five times doing singing up in springfield in springfield you bomb out of out of junior college, mm -hmm. um, sign up for the National Guard, go wow. to basic. So you're at basic, um, and you don't have to talk about basic too or National Guard too much, but why you're in the National Guard, let's not skip anything. Was there opportunities that arose while you were in the National Guard? 
to be the yeah the funny guy definitely like the I actually had a, a hard time at the beginning of basic because I was I guess I could say being too cool or just not too cool you know yeah. just ready to jump at everything to be first I would do exactly what I was told to do very exceptional might I add but I'm not <laughs> going you know to oh yes what can I do drill sergeant uh-huh. all this and that and they didn't like that because it seemed like I was trying to be all like right. nonchalant and uh so when those I did a lot of push-ups <laughs> from trying to <laughs> from trying to be funny or <laughs> didn't <yeah>. we all? <laughs> no. yeah. um, so while you're in the National Guard, any opportunities arise? Did you do any stand-up? Did you do any modeling? Any acting? While you were still in the guard? Oh, while I was still in the guard, absolutely, because I've been in for like five years. I got out last year actually. So uh, I had moved to California actually when I was staying with you right before I went to basic. Yeah. So I was in California for a month going to uh, comedy clubs in San Diego, Madhouse, uh, The American Seller. I couldn't because I wasn't 21. And then La Jolla, uh, the comedy store in La Jolla. That, the comedy store, huh? The comedy store, so yeah. You were, so you were on stage, you were, you were performing out at there? At the comedy store, wow. but I wasn't 21, so I had to wait outside the club till my name gets called, go in for five minutes, and then <laughs> come right back out. So how'd those shows go over? They go over well? Those or? went well. Those, yeah. went, those went very well. Um Kind of like I felt a lot better and more confident, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of it was a, a mixed crowd, not just older, younger, uh-huh. or black, white, and these but things. Those crowds out there, and those are like pro crowds. They're used to seeing comedians all the time, yeah. and good comedians and big stars coming through. Yeah, it was um, a little as, as opposed to like Springfield, Illinois, where you know Uncle Leo gets gets to go up there sometimes. <laughs> you know, so California. Yeah, yeah California. Yeah, that's when I started doing stand up quite a bit. So then when I went to uh, basic initially once i came back i came back to california san diego area okay so that's when i just kept going to comedy clubs open mics any show i could find bar restaurant actual venue whatever and then uh i just got into a habit of just working working and not really chasing that as much as i was before just from you know the need to survive to make money live eat and all that stuff and then um I was out there for almost two years, and then my mother started going through some health uh, issues in Atlanta, and that's when I moved there, and that's kind of when the acting started to, I guess, begin, so to speak. I always knew that was kind of what I wanted to do, but I never had been on a movie set. or. So what we want, we want to understand, so once you make that move to Atlanta, how does acting happen? Do you meet somebody, or did you like know when you got out there, I want to be an actor, and had to go looking for it? And, and how old are you at this point? Like Atlanta. 19. 19. Wow. He's already 19. been on so many stages in San Diego and then 19, 18, 19 years old. Wow. Yeah, 19. Um, I was actually working as a janitor at LA Fitness and I had no idea how to go about being an actor or whatever. I thought you just went to the actor store and you just get a job. But I overheard someone talking about uh, extra work down there in Atlanta. They film so much stuff down there. So it's always work for background extras and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, that's a, a couple dollars I can make and then get some experience being on a set, seeing how it all works. You know, even these jobs that I'm not necessarily trying to do right now, like direct or, you know, all this other stuff, but I can get a general feel for it. So then I started doing background work down there and uh, met a lot of people, you know, who've gone and done on some great things and then met a lot of people who just kind of educated me and kind of walked me into this world so to speak but a lot of people down there they weren't really trying to do it they just wanted you know to see somebody famous for a couple hours you're talking about 
in your role as the yeah background yeah yeah the other the, the other background yeah. yeah so I'm thinking it's gonna be you're this setting whole... you're setting up stages and mm-hmm. and things like that you're a background worker I guess, yeah 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 uh, yeah background act like so we'll be sitting there for twelve hours twelve to sixteen hours and then they may call us four or five times to walk. So in the back street. So you're like, an extra. Extra, yes. Okay. Yes, yes an extra. Uh, not a stagehand, I believe. That's what you Okay, were. that's what I, that was what I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, so just meeting other extras and kind of seeing how their path is going so far. Because I think we're all really trying to act, act. And that was kind of disheartening because I'm like, you guys are just... Not to say you guys are just, just here, but you just got it there. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> He's like, get out my way. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do this thing for real. So um, start doing that for a few months. And I'm like, okay... These aren't, everybody's not really an act. This isn't the community that I need to be in. So then I found out about some uh, casting services like Backstage, Actors Access, and then uh, a bunch of pages on Facebook where they do different castings. So from there, I just start sending out my pictures and submitting anything I could to just try to get an audition, any type of callback I could get. And then I landed uh, my first speaking role through some page on Facebook, and it was shooting in North Carolina. So uh, that was my first actual speaking role. Hop in the car, yeah. drive to North Carolina. So what happened? I, I wish it was that simple. Uh, <laughs> I had an Impala that I drove from California to Atlanta. And by this time, it's like a beater. It's rust. It's no transmission. My uh, plates are suspended. <laughs> Everything's in California. <laughs> like, I, I should not have this car on the road at all. All right. <laughs> but um, I got to get to North Carolina. And I don't have the funds to fly there right now. So this car, look, we about to do the thing, you know. <laughs> and um, about four and a half hour drive, sketchiest drive I ever had ever had i like i would have to stop i would have to put the car in neutral at every stop sign so it didn't turn off <laughs> all the whole way there like and i'm going through right. mountainous places uphill oh, and every, oh my yeah. goodness oh my goodness so uh yeah i made it there thank the impala made it the impala made it the impala held me Did down the impala make it back it made it back Wow. But I didn't care about that. I was like, it yeah. can break down anywhere right. from right. From this as long point. as I get there. Yeah. So, so how'd, that, how'd that first one go? It went amazing. Um, it was just so fun to actually, you know, build a character, even though it was a smaller part. But I got to, you know, give this person a backstory, give this person hobbies and things that nobody will ever think about watching the film or yeah. that. Hopefully, I mean, the creators probably didn't even think of it also. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm diving into this. This is my big break. That's Opportunity. How I, yeah. I try to think of everything like that. I'm going to. Because if it was for Nickelodeon or Disney, I would be like, oh, I'm going to go all in on this. Mm-hmm. So for the short film or independent film, which it was an independent film, I would treat it the exact same way. Yeah. And uh, it was a great time. And they actually had some technical malfunctions that had me come back out a week later. But a week later, uh, a buddy of mine, Nick, shout out to Nick, because he got me a rental car to drive out there and not have to go back in my <laughs> Impala. Because <laughs> I was going to do it. I didn't care. So that, that was your first one? First one. Okay. So then from there... Go back to Atlanta. A little traction or? Uh, not really. I go back to Atlanta and I'm still doing extra work and uh, I'm just trying to get another audition. It's like a month goes by and then I start actually getting some auditions to s- send in self-tapes. And, just kept um, doing that. Just, just kept, kept sending and Just sending. kept doing it. I'm like, look, somebody's going to call me. Somebody's going to want me in any type of capacity and I'm just going to be ready when it happens. And um, yeah, and I was still on Vine, still doing stand-up down there and Atlanta's a hard place to do stand-up. I bet. Like, I bombed a lot down there and <laughs> it was one of the i um I, I bombed so bad i didn't do it for like months like uh-huh. and i was like no nah, i'm not doing that again because yeah. this is just cutthroat and a lot of people down there you know they think they're funny so it's not like i'm going out to be entertained it's like 
make me laugh. Like, I'm coming here to not laugh. You better prove me wrong show, type thing. Show that you're funnier than me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and like, I'm the I'm, funniest person I know. That's literally how it was, man. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. And, um, yeah, but I kept doing the Vine thing. And that's when I got, that's kind of how the modeling thing started to happen. I had a Vine that, like, blew up and kind of literally blew up, like, over, like. Which one was this? The microwave. Oh, great one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that got the ball rolling for a lot more than the actual, like, independent film and everything. But, um. Do you remember Vine? I, I do. I, I wasn't on it, but yeah. I know what they, they were short videos. Uh, it was a, so give our listen. We'll talk about my two favorite. First, microwave. The the microwave Vine. I was I did, had no in, intentions on making it like a big viral thing or uh-huh. no expectations. But uh, I was just cooking something one day and I put something in the microwave and I noticed that it went from 100 to 59. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, why doesn't it, why does it skip all these numbers? So then I made a Vine. I'm like, oh, man, my micro, my microwave is broke. It goes from 100 to 59. What the heck? Like, you know, one minute to 59. Right, right, right. <laughs> 159. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, also just the way his facial expressions, like, <laughs> you know, and it was great. Right. And nobody knew that I was joking. Like, there are <laughs> right. comments. Yes. It's literally millions of comments. And, like, you need to go back to school. I'm like, <laughs> don't teach micro- about microwaves in school. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that was. My first, I guess, viral experience, like uh-huh. it went on World Star and Celebrity Sharing. Oh, and nice! And so a lot of eyes came World to Star. World Star, World Star, man. Um, and then my second one that I like, I like the shower one, oh, probably because it shower. resonates because of how many times in a shower have I thought about that? That's every well, day, yeah, every shower, yeah, <laughs> every shower. So, so the next one, um, it was like a voiceover. It was me drying off after the shower, and uh-huh. uh, I looked down at the towel, like, hold on. Is that the same part of the towel that I use to wash my balls that I'm washing <laughs> with my face? They're like, oh well, they're my balls anyway, and they're clean. So we all we all, all think about that jokes. every and day. You wipe your face like, whoa, did face, I switch this around? God, I'm there? supposed to go face to balls, face <laughs> to balls. I just went balls to face again. again. Come on, it's the worst. It's you're the better worst. than this. <laughs> We've been over this three thousand four hundred eighty-two times. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that went that wasn't as successful as the yeah the, the microwave, microwave one, which I was mad because I actually put thought into the towel <laughs> thing, and that just goes to show how random it is sometimes. Right, yeah. Like you never know what's gonna be the one that. But did, also, everyone thinking that you didn't know about the microwave was the best. That was the, the I think that's the reason. Were you playing why along? It, did you play along in the comments? And a couple, stuff? a couple. Of and then after a while, it probably got to your ego and your pride. Didn't <laughs> yeah, it? yeah, I was like, look, I know okay. how to work a microwave. Okay, <laughs> I've made hot pockets. Okay, I, I use a microwave. Okay. So we're still in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So the Vine thing starts to go off. Okay. Now you get a, now you get some, you fall into the modeling thing. Is that yeah? You got your foot into the door there. Yes. So um, someone kind of a mentor to me. I considered myself to have two mentors: you and this person I'm talking Thanks, about. Thanks, man. Daryl Daryl Brown. Uh, two very very life changing people in my life, and he messaged me on here, and I had no idea about any of this stuff, and he just asked me if I had an Instagram. Reached out to me on Instagram and asked me, was I signed with anybody? Blah blah blah. I did nothing, but I didn't say that. I was like, no, I'm not signed or anything like that. I'm checking my options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, I'm just you know, prospect right, right now. now. I'm trying to find the best <laughs> we'll deal for myself and my family. We'll see how it goes, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, he said that we should uh, have a lunch meeting in New York City, and I was actually going to New York to go visit my aunt. What year is this? This is this, this is, is fairly. This isn't all that long ago, is it? Twenty. 20- 15, 2016? Okay. 2016 at the latest, I believe. Okay. Or oh, 2015, yeah, my first time in New York. So I went up there, uh, visited my aunt, then met with him, 
And uh, that's kind of how the modeling thing started rolling. He took me up under his wing, but for everything, like not just modeling, like acting. He was telling me about, he was literally, he believed in me so, so much. It was scary, mm -hmm. a complete stranger. And I really did not trust it at all. Because, right. you know, I'm thinking, oh, what does this person want you. from me? Yeah, yeah. How am I benefiting you in any way? I don't know anything. I, just nothing. There's nothing I could bring to the table for the knowledge that you're giving me. So uh, that day we met, we did a test shoot is what they call it. Um, and the images are so like cringy now looking at some of the work I've got to do <laughs> <laughs> in my first pictures I ever took. But um, from there, we just uh, built a relationship. And it was a, a long road, this relationship, because he was like a, just a spiritual guru to me also, like outside of all the stuff he cared about my sister, you know, my family, you know, all these. And I'm like, oh, this is, and I just tried to keep him at bay as much as I could. So we only actually like shot like four times together, but he was just develop me, developing me in ways that I didn't understand at the time. And I'm like, you know, when is this going to start proving itself to me? Like, mm -hmm. when am I going to start making money? It was really the real question. Yeah. And When um, am I going to be famous? Right. When Come am on. I going to be famous? It's I killed it in Springfield, Illinois. Did you not see my set? My open <laughs> mic? Like, I'm an open mic legend around here. <laughs> Come on now. Taking pictures? But, uh, yeah. And I, he told me I would have to move to New York eventually. Yeah. And I never had plans to do that. I was always going to go to California. And he's like, no, this is kind of where, like, the big boys play and i was like oh okay and at this time i got back into lewis and clark um so you came out to visit me in between this yeah came out to visit you so i probably known got, him for six months yeah we just got to talking about everything and what you now want to do yeah um and i was the head coach at cm at the time and so i take him to my open gym he came down to stay with the uh, week or two yeah, something like, like a, that yeah, it was like a long a week, week or yeah. something like that so we were having summer open gyms and i'm taking them and and we were good um, had some kids that went on to play college mm -hmm. and he just comes in and he's a totally different athlete. Right. I mean, he's how tall, five ten or something. Some going, Hey, going up, <laughs> wait, dunk. You know I mean? It's like, I'm like, like what the, and right. I mean, just totally different. Had finally like it, it developed physically yeah. and really developed. And, um, so comes in just completely different athlete. And then just, I mean, he's killing, I mean, they're high school kids. I'm like, man, those two are going to play college ball. You know, I mean, this is, a, he's not a whole lot older than them. Yeah. No actuality. Yeah. So, uh, so then we, I, I called down to my former, um, coach at Lewis and Clark was still there. So I called the him college. Said, yeah, yeah. So, so took him down there, met Dougie fresh. And then, so he ends Dougie up, fresh. he ends up going, going to Lewis and Clark for two years. Um, and at this time, um, so I still, you know, Daryl Brown was still like, that's my guru still telling me, you know, it's great that I'm doing these other things because with those uh, acting and modeling, like it can become very dry sometimes. And if you don't have a life outside of that, it's going to be very, very hard for you mm -hmm. mentally, financially, everything. And um, so the first year I went to New York over spring break. Yeah, you're still doing shoots and stuff. Yeah, in your still, room and yeah, still, like random, random stuff, like while still going to school and still playing ball. And at this point, you know, there was no chance of me getting an academic probation. I'm like <laughs> killing it in my grade. That's what I took <laughs> most pride in. Like I was just yeah. a good student and, you know. That's awesome. But um, so I go on spring break to, it was two weeks I planned to go see my family in California the second week. But the first week I was going to New York. A couple test shoots with this guy. We lined up a couple shoots with a couple random photographers. I get a message on Instagram asking me who am I signed with. 
and um it was from a random person i had no idea like i didn't even know the top agencies like i knew nothing about this so i show him uh my other mentor and he's like start freaking out He's like, oh, this person is from here. Because like, they're big, big, it's they're a legit big. A legit type thing. And a week before, I actually turned down representation from another agency off of his word, my mentor, because of how they. Hope you know me. what you're doing. Uh, and that's what I was like, yo. <laughs> like, And they had some, you know, some heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. But the way that they approached me was just very, they sent me a DM like, um, how tall are you? Or something like that. And he's like, no, that's not how you do business. That's not professional. This is how you operate. Not even me with you, but just you going forward. This is yeah. respect. So I was like, okay, I yeah, I get all that, but you know, I'm trying to get paid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're not gonna go with them. A week later, I get hit up by a pretty respected agency, uh, Next Management, who I'm with now. And then on the last day, I'm in New York City. They tell me to, you know, can we have a meeting? I go in. I'm not knowing what to expect. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be long or short. I'm in there for about an hour, which I come to find out is a little longer than most. And um, they offered me a contract the same day, uh, right before I left. And not even two hours later, I was on a plane to Los Angeles. So uh, To do a shoot? No, no, just to finish my spring break. (laughs) And then a week after that, I was going back to school, back here to Lewis and Clark. Yeah. And it was just nuts. So uh, when I signed, I couldn't really work or do anything. You know, college athlete, kind of a full-time job. And uh, just did the rest of the school year and then uh, moved to New York for that summer. And then that's when I started working, working. Like, um, And at this point, I went to New York a couple times and I found my acting coach, uh, Susan Batson Studio, which mm-hmm. my mentor recommended me to as well. And uh, so it's like things are kind of starting to bubble. And then I go there for the summer, spent about two and a half months doing some magazines and stuff like this. A lot of cool stuff. Some of it didn't pay, some of it paid, but I had just enough to make it through that summer so that was like that was the summer to get my feet wet right and you're kind of building your portfolio right yeah 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 yeah, pretty much and um at this point i things seemed to be like they were gonna happen like so instant and uh some of my family was like hey maybe you should just stay in new york you know not go back into your last year at uh, lewis and clark or whatever but honestly i just felt so bad about messing up the first school opportunity i was like i can't leave again and just kind of quit and not get it done so I was like I'm just gonna go back for a year you know hopefully if if you think I was gonna make it now in a year from now I'll still be right you know whatever you think I am so came back and then kind of just put everything on hold like it was actually crazy because I didn't get paid till the last job I did that summer and it was a pretty good job and I went out the country for the first time actually for this job and then uh two Where'd days later uh Montreal Quebec nice gorgeous place amazing food uh, good people. Canada is underrated. Very much so underrated, <laughs> even though I've only been there for like three days right. in one place. But uh, I definitely want to make my way back. It was yeah. beautiful. But um, yeah, I do that job and then I fly right from there to school back in Illinois and I'm like, back as a broke college student. You're flying <laughs> around. You're, you're in Vegas. You're in yeah, New York. Like, you're, in, you're, in, you're in Canada and then you're back at Lewis and Clark Community uh, College playing hey, basketball. Here we go. I got to run suit, <laughs> listening to Doug, making me yeah. run. I'm like, I'm not going to run. I'm, I was in a magazine. Having his old time. ass white dude telling you to do wind sprints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it started so then. We came back there. kind of been so in you, New York. Yeah, so you go back though. You finished, I mean, your sophomore year of College basketball, and that's mm-hmm. what you really want to do. Then you got your you got your associates degree. Got my so, I mean, two no, associates. I yeah, mean, two associates. It's a bachelor's if you ask me. You know, two plus two. You know. <laughs> um. So then now you're done with that, and then back to New York you go. 
Back to New York I go. I had a, a injury that you know about that happened at the beginning of the school year, actually, and I played the whole entire season on a torn labrum. So I get surgery right after I graduate, and I'm staying at his place, uh, your place, Ross, over the summer, just trying to rehab. Trying to, rehab to get yeah. yeah, just to get back to walking speed, because I couldn't be in New York walking. Like, right. You walk everywhere, and I would have been miserable. So uh, working for him, actually trying to save up some money to afford New York, because... That was a miserable one, sure. That, <laughs> rehab hey, look, and working for me. <laughs> look, those dishes in there never been so clean, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. But um, So I get in decent enough shape. While I'm still staying here, I book a couple jobs in New York. So they fly me out from uh, St. Louis to New York for a weekend. And it's just so funny, like, the just the dichotomy of, like, I was washing dishes at 8 p.m. 24 hours later in Bethalto, in Bethalto, in Bethalto Illinois. Illinois right and then 24 hours later I'm shooting a cover for an international magazine wow. and I was like wow this is like cool this is crazy <laughs> like it just all seems so unbelievable and then 48 hours later I'm back, back. with my hand washing dishes. Delaney I need those forks <laughs> where are the forks right 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 but that really gave like that made me think you know it's it's a fleeting thing, you know, the entertainment, the modeling, the all this. And I really just need to appreciate every single opportunity of it that I get because one day I might just be washing dishes. And, right. But um, it really made me appreciate even the dishes, the jobs, the flights, the opportunities, really. So you've been in New York ever since, right? New York ever since. Yeah, I came yeah. back here, stayed here for um, like another month or so. Uh, we went down to the Ozarks, actually, and I get a text at the last second, like, hey, can you send me some pictures? I'm like, oh, cool. So Doug Duncan, you know, had him get my phone. He took a couple pictures of me. <laughs> He's doing a modeling shoot with Doug Duncan at Ty's wedding. Did you have yeah, to, Ty's did, wedding did weekend. You, did you have to sleep with Doug to get him to take those pictures? Uh, he made me sign the NDA, so I can't really say anything about that on the pod. But uh, No, so I, I send the pictures, and then uh, this was before uh, we were going down to the some restaurant, Dog Days or something mm, like that, yeah. in the Ozarks. And uh, I get a text like, hey, you just booked a job in London. I was like, did Doug get any sort of cut from this? <laughs> look, Doug, he got a, a, a high five. Uh, and then, then, then a beer on me. Yeah. Um, so you've done some big, you've had I, American Eagle. You've done work for some big, big companies that people have heard of too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretty cool companies. Uh, I must say like a lot of things I never heard of, but a lot of things that people are I, big in that world. Big, Yeah, big yeah. in that world. And then like American Eagle, everybody knows. Right. Um, companies like that how the american eagle since that's the one everybody kind of knows how'd that come about randomly just um he they told me like they'll put you in an, an option so like they're considering you for this thing and it was uh some months beforehand they're like hey you're in an option for this american eagle job and i'm like okay cool i don't want to just invest you know my worth into this potential thing and it may not ever you that know, come comes about that comes from your agency getting you out mm -hmm. they start, start yeah so they yeah they no. they put me in you know packages and send me out to castings on castings on castings that's typically what the day consists of when times are regular but um then i just get a call like hey you just booked this campaign for american eagle and you're working two days in new york and then you're going to texas for a week marfa texas which is in the middle of nowhere like <laughs> two hours away from el paso it's crazy crazy and you say campaign so is that a one-time thing or is that it's a one-time thing but as a model that's like the thing that you want to get the most uh you know there's print there's advertising uh commercial and all that stuff but campaigns you know they typically pay well you typically travel for them and then you're typically like the main face for whatever season 
at that time. So and like, you're in season right now, actually. Yeah. Like you yeah. go to American Eagle, Delaney's in American Eagles. Ah, yeah. Right now. Nice. Yeah. That that was that was pretty cool. Uh, I was actually in Michigan with my sister, and we walked in and seen me in this video playing in the store, and like my sister's like, "Hey, that's you know that that <laughs> meant a lot, you know, for her to see that that's her brother." And, yeah. From here, I don't know what she's thinking that she's gonna do now, but I'm glad that she's thinking that she can do. She can think I mean, whatever. She, you know, like, yeah, shows her she can shoot for the stars. Mm -hmm. You know, literally, literally. Um, you're not a star yet, Tom. <laughs> 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 so one thing Ross and I were talking when we were doing this because I mean you're always ripped. You're you know you're always in good shape. I mean, and you always hear these things about females doing like photo shoots and modeling. Like they have to, hey, you can't weigh more than this much. You can't your body you know, your body fat percentage has to be this much. I mean, do you run into that too? Do they, do they have like, I want you bulked up. I want you smaller. I want, do you run into that? Like, uh, less for men, but, uh, my problem like was kind of the inverse of that because too bulky. Too, like, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I was like very, very thin in high school, graduate, even my first year of college. And then I just like got swollen, just kept going. And, uh, it's not really a fashion-y look, you know, it's good for Nike and so fitness. And do you have to watch your size? I do specifically like I put on muscle pretty fast, especially in my arms, and I, have to, I don't even I, like it. Not even for work, I just don't like it. I have to watch my size too, especially in my arms. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I see you but, looking at him, Ross. <laughs> no, it gets like you know. I mean, you get a you get a good pump, and then like I don't work out my arms that much, honestly, mm -hmm. because they'll just get bigger. My chest, I try to get my chest big, yeah. and it just doesn't. It doesn't work. Are you always watching what you eat? You know what I'm saying? You have to keep a pretty when strict I'm diet. When eating. When you have a shoot coming up or something. Oh, like, when I have a shoot coming up and I know for sure, I'll try to go crazy. Like the summer before uh, I did that magazine, you know, 24 uh, hours when, later. Before The month before you left my house or the weeks, I mean, you were getting into a diet. I mean, we you were, were no carbs. and No carbs. Yeah, protein two times yeah. in the gym. Like, But this is also coming from the injury where I just... Had no muscle at all, so I was like, "No, nah, I got to get back to you, know, you." Were shredded. You know, people always see these magazines and they see models and stuff, and they go, "I want to look like that." Well, they don't realize what goes in. To, you know what I'm saying? Those the models and things like women and, and and men alike. I mean, they're they have to they they log down every morsel of food or drink that goes in their body. They have to deplete themselves. They have to work out like a band. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of work that goes into that. It's not just. You not just you wake up and look pretty or like exactly, exactly anything like that. Like so, but for mine, like I don't. It's like I want to get as cut as I can for my personal reasons, and I just need to not get too bulky for my job and career reasons. But um, I'm not watching too much, you know, just on my daily basis. Like I can't have this donut mm. or this. We already talked about how much better you are genetically than us right. we don't have to grind it in here but i don't i don't really watch you, it i you, just take my shirt off said, and take some pictures well, no, you, well if i know i'm gonna eat a bad meal then i'm like i have to go two times as hard in the gym to make up you, for it you said donut and my love handles just started growing <laughs> just um, so what what is what is your goals for the future what do you want to do i mean my long-term larger goal. like i there's a lot of things that i really want to accomplish personally uh a lot of selfish goals that I have uh, that I just want to accomplish that are like accolades, so to speak. But then there's things that I really want to do that would really fulfill me. Like I really want to give, like I said, how my sister felt when she seen her brother in mm -hmm. that store. It's a random store. Like she don't know about it. I, never, I never would imagine that in my life growing up. And I want to put that feeling into as many people as I can. Right. 
I want people to realize that, like, hey, these things are possible, you know, if you work hard. Coming from a people. little podunk town in the middle of central Illinois, 6,000 yeah, people, you know, and then end up in, you know, New York City working for American Eagle, you know? Scary, scary. Yeah. And you think, you know, the world's, you know, out to get you, everybody's mean, and but I've had so much help along the way to help me get there. I would never think that, and I kind of just want to be, like, a product, you know, of that help and keep just giving and back in ways that I've got along. Like, literally, yeah. literally, pay it forward. Pay for it. So what's what's next for you? Do you want to continue to to ride this modeling, or or you want to get back into acting? What what's next for you? What's what do you want to tackle right now? As soon as you can really get back out there. Right now, I would like to uh, sign to an agency for talent wise. What's up, anybody? Any agents listening? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. on lots, the lots of agents. Yeah. <laughs> lots of them. All four you, of the listeners. And what do you mean talent wise? Because I thought you already signed with someone. For modeling, so but then there's commercial. Modeling. Mm-hmm. So then there's commercial, which uh, I don't have representation for. So I still get auditions and whatnot, but it's from like my footwork, whether it's those sites like Backstage or Actors Access or word of mouth, like hey, I got this part, you want to audition for it type thing. But once I get a talent agent, it will help me get into a door of a lot of casting directors and auditions that you just wouldn't get not like by yourself. Like a lot of the modeling you know, stuff, I could never just walk in these doors and be like, hey, guy like me, I wouldn't have thought that you would have different representation for you know different yeah. things i would have thought the one you sign with would just have different departments like yeah yeah no no it's uh it gets very like i guess uh nitpicky and very mm-hmm. like uh like they have their own things their own things, Etiquette. Their own things. you can't talk to them about this can't yeah yeah no it's just different branches like you wouldn't want to have everybody's hands in your pockets because if something was happening now everybody wants to cut from this angle and that angle or you got to split it up with these people and that people but it's even like with the modeling, you know, there's um, so like my I'm with Next and they have offices in New York, London, Milan, uh, L.A., all these places. Like I know some people are assigned with six different modeling agencies like in this city. They're with Next New York or then they're with IMG L.A. or then they're with uh, Elite in Miami. Like it can get, you know, like yeah. that. Luckily, I found a home at Next and, you know, my agents are very, very nice people. They work hard, respected and. I like that home, and I would like to find a home like that for the talent um, or for the commercial side so then I can really get more out there with the acting. But uh, as of right now, I'm still in school at Susan Batson. So is that acting-wise? That's where you're Acting-wise, yeah, that's what okay. I want to do. Uh, larger goals, I would like to build a studio in Detroit a um, couple decades from now, you know, if mm-hmm. things go well and like to produce my own content, things that I wrote, and eventually, you know, turn into an actor, director, producer, all that stuff. But Love trying it. to take it one day Love at it. a time, Love it. you know, trying to take it one day at a time. So right now, you you want to, when you get really going, you want to focus on getting into commercials, I guess. Cause yeah. Because that, you think, is the next step. Get into commercials, start getting some things you can show people, and that'll lead you into maybe some more yeah yeah really film and television is or, the is the goal but um you want to be in television yes yes that's that's the acting was always like my passion and, and as you said i tried a couple of different things now and i don't think i could ever just have one job like one thing that i do whether it's even no matter how much i loved it if i was a professional basketball player i would probably get tired of playing basketball eventually if i only did you'd be like jimmy butler i would be yeah selling, selling coffee, coffee and yeah just just <laughs> doing whatever you know gotta like entertain that curiosity and uh i feel like acting is something which is the reason i love it that you can just transform and shape shift on an almost jobly baseless yeah like i can be a firefighter this week next week i'm a cop the next week i'm aquaman you know you can be whatever and i <laughs> right. i don't think you can ever get bored doing that and uh 
I would say I get bored pretty easily. So that's something that always keeps me like, you know, fresh, so to speak. Um, I want to touch base with uh, so you're in New York City, um, which is a totally different environment, obviously, from even St. Louis that we're closest to. Um, tell us about like why Corona was going on and everything. I mean, New York City was the hotbed of the hotbeds for it. Um, we're, we're, there's a rumor you were stuck in a closet for like three <laughs> months or something like that. That's some being old, generous. Some old lady's closet or something. <laughs> what was going on? So when it first, when all the lockdowns first start happening in New York City, I mean, they went full lockdown. Yeah. And so were you, you're, you're renting a bedroom is what you, basically you're renting someone's a, bedroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Small bedroom? Is it as big as this office? I wish it was the size of this <laughs> office. Oh my, I would be the happiest man in New York half City. Half the size? Half the size? About half the size. We can go 60%, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's small. I, but it's adequate for, you know, the life that I'm trying to live. In the, this office is being, being nine, 20 by 20. Damn 20 baby. by 20. <laughs> that, hey. What was your room? Do you what remember do you think the, your room is? Eight by nine. Oh, my <laughs> If I had to go, yeah, you gotta so leave to I change know. your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever the when they New York City stri- starts going into this lockdown, are you you're in like you're in the house? I'm in the what? house. I'm in the house. <laughs> How long do you stay in this bedroom? Uh, the longest I went without going out like outside, like even down the apartment stairs, uh-huh. was uh, probably a week. I think. <laughs> oh, but then man. like you know you can go get your essentials and stuff. So I just start using those grocery trips as just. A way to get out the prison, because that's really what it felt like. Like the walls are closing in. I think my ceiling got short, like smaller actually. Wow! And, yeah, it was. and at this time, the streets in New York they empty. Dead. Which is so. I mean, eerie. It was like kind of like scary. My sister-in-law lives in Brooklyn. It's just you can't even imagine at any point of the day, four o'clock in the morning, three, what people are not out there. Always out music, barbecuing. Hookah, you know, I stay uh, in a very uh, Spanish community, you know, so they always playing music, just cooking it. There's always out there vibing out, and there was none of that. Just like, dead. Dead, completely dead. Wow. So how, how much does that hurt you going forward right now? Uh, I was feeling very good at the beginning of the year because I started getting some good jobs and uh, start working with American Eagle and uh, really uh, start auditioning. I had my first, like, in-person audition with a big, big casting director didn't get the job you know unfortunately but that was good to get on the radar so i'm like okay this is you know about to start picking up some traction and then boom don't go outside wear a mask all this stuff like uh but um it didn't as much as i thought it would and this is i don't know you know how the industry goes it's very one day you have no jobs next day you're in a different country type thing and um i just kind of been trying to stay the course and i was luckily enough lucky enough to work during the quarantine and I know a lot of my, a lot of friends didn't, a lot of like, just the it was very, so little work and I got a little piece of it and yeah. that, that kind of like held me over. I, I remember you messaged me private, you, you text me and you're like, Hey, uh, what kind of workouts could I do? <laughs> and I'm like, where are you at? Well, eight by nine room, no, no equipment. <laughs> so what, like in there, did you, did you use that time to like work on, uh, material and things like that? Did you write? Did you make videos? Did you, you doing things like that? All of that. A lot of writing. I was getting back to, uh, like, cause I really want to try to like write my own screenplays and whatnot, but that is probably the my least gifted thing outside of singing and dancing, which I can't do any of. Uh-huh. But uh, I really spent the time to work on that. And then I picked up 
trading, like uh, day trading, day trading as a, as a skill. And um, yeah, uh, I, w- I was working out. I actually had a gallon of water, and I would <laughs> I got two gallons of water and I put them in grocery bags. So I used them as like dumbbells, right? Wow, that's and all. all this stuff. Like you know, I and and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, Ross. I I feel like what tells me a lot about people is what they did during the lockdown. Did they use it as time to like, okay, let's get better. We can't go anywhere like him. I'm going to write. I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? Or did they just lay on the couch and not do anything? You know what I'm saying? I know I like to pat ourselves on the back saying that's when we started our podcast and do something like that. But it tells me a lot about people, like what they did during that time. You got to see, I mean, you got to see every situation as an opportunity. Literally. And and then you got to, what can I do in this? What can I do to make this an opportunity? And you got to find, I mean, it's got to find it. Yeah, you really got to find yeah. it and just act on it. And then yeah. it's just so act hard because uh, in the time, like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm writing this stuff. I'm like, nobody's making no movies now. Nobody's trying to give me any money to make a movie, especially. I've never done this before. Is this ever going to be anything? You know, and then you start just questioning yourself and what you're doing. and You're getting better is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're getting better. But, it's, you know, it's just hard to see that in the, right. in the you know, it. in the immediate time. What? Quickly, what uh, what advice do you have? Any advice for you know a kid who doesn't have a direction, or he's living in a small podunk town, or his his jackass coach kicked him off the basketball team? I mean, how what what like do you have inspirational advice for anybody? What can they do to uh, try to hit their goals to to do what you've done? Whatever there, whatever it is you want to do in your life. There is no rules for that. No rules at all. Because if you're good enough, nobody cares about the rules. Think about Dennis Rodman. He is not an ideal basketball player. He did, you know, partying in Vegas. But no, we need you here for the... You're that damn good. You're that exceptional. There's nothing that you can't do. As long as you're good enough. As long as you work hard enough. And please, for the sake of God, be nice to people. Don't ever get <laughs> really love, good. Love there, you know what? And I feel like it's just something we say: be nice to people. But man, no, nothing literally. gets you farther than being nice to people. Nothing, nothing gets you farther. And it's it. Don't be nice for the sake of I'm gonna be nice to this person. They're gonna return a favor because then you're gonna get your feelings hurt. Right. Just be. Why? Why wouldn't you be nice? Why be? Don't have what are you gonna get? Expectations, but just do it, no. and it'll come back to you. I I promise you. Sinfold. I have one more question, Ross. So. Get a lot of chicks being a model. Talk to us. Tell us. us. Come, Come on, on, what you got? Like your those DMs just blowing. They're just yeah. blowing up, aren't they? No. They're just blowing. <laughs> they're, they're just blowing up, aren't they? Come on, man. Give us. Tell us us normal people Come that. On. <laughs> Come on, tell us, man. We want to know that this is what the people want to know. Models get all the chicks. Well, singers get all singers get yeah, all the rock, chicks. The real rock stars. Yeah, you know? singers get all the chicks. But those models. Come on, man. <laughs> no, uh, I would say you get exposed to just a lot of. A lot more people, a lot more women, you know, just model less type women. And if you choose to be the type that likes to date around and, you know, engage in whatever type of activity. Not then, a wholesome guy like you. Uh, Not yeah. a wholesome guy <laughs> like you. So when you, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a little farther. So you have to give us an answer here. So when you post something on IG, I'm, you know, I, mm-hmm. I post business stuff, but. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a big hit for models and things like that. When you post something like you're at the beach, sunny day at the beach, your shirt off, your abs. We've are seen it. I yeah, you know what I, I you know it. what I save his picture and I draw <laughs> I draw mustaches on him and I. Don't. Uh, are you asking Boom. the reception? Boom! I, what do, you, do your DMs get hit? Come up? on! 
Yeah. But <laughs> okay, I mean, just... it's it. You can post a workout video in your DMs or get hit up. You know it. Yeah. That. Yep. It happens. <laughs> yep. Mine. They just blow up. Right. They just blow up. Most of the time, they're saying, "Why are you such a dick?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's why you post. Obviously, no, you got to get yourself no. out. There. I'm not saying that, but, no, it, but yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely. Okay. It definitely happens. And it's the type of content, also. You know, and uh, if I post a shirtless picture, it's gonna get better reception than if I post. A picture of me in a library, or a picture <laughs> of me. If I picked a shirt, I post a picture, a shirtless picture of me, and it's more likes than I've been on the library. Jesus, get out of here. But yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh... From now on, Ross, I'm booking the guests, not you. <laughs> All right, well, make sure it doesn't take another month to get another another guest on here. You're blaming me. Oh, I'm that's not what you're doing. You. I'm just saying, let's, you're not, let's not do that again. You're, you're blaming me. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> huh? So, well. Man, appreciate you sticking around uh, a little longer than you planned after the wedding to be to be on the podcast. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Oh, man, we appreciate it, and we'll uh, here we'll wait it out a little bit, a year or two, and then we'll have you back on to see see where you're at. We're we signed him. We we signed him here. We we he has a gig here in about a, a year or two to see where he's at so. when his limo drops him off. And like this may be my big break right here. You never know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, what an impressive story, right, Ross? Yeah, yep. that, that's amazing. It, it, that's yeah. that's what I love. I love stories like that. You know, love it. Um, just to show that a normal kid—I'm telling you, this is a normal kid that was just in my PE class on high school basketball team and got out, figured out what he wanted to do in life, and just has has done everything to try to achieve. Well, it didn't matter. Did he have to move to L.A.? Does he got to move to New York City? Not knowing anybody, the kid just did it. You just know? went for it. And what it shows is, don't. I mean, don't make any excuses. You know, I right. mean, you figure out whatever you got to do, start figuring out what you want to do, become an extra so you learn a little bit here. And then, like he said, he thought everybody was going to be an extra. Or wanting to be a star. No, they didn't. So then he's like, I got to get out of this little place and get to where I'm going to better myself. And there's, I, th I think his story is awesome because you know, he, he knew what he wanted to do and he wasn't going to stop. And, you know, a couple of things I took out of it. Um, I, I feel like Delaney learned the most from his failings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when he got kicked off the basketball team, whenever... He ended up bombing in Springfield. Yeah. Uh, whenever his grades were bad in college, I feel like he he would get knocked down, but then he would he would rise back up even better each time. And I feel like he's he's learned more from his failings than anything else. Says a lot you know? about him. And the second thing I want to say, and I hate to give you freaking props, Ross, because it's I hate it. But I mean, it, it, for people out there listening, it's like you know, like you've helped Delaney out a lot. You know what I'm saying? And and he'll say that and what he did say. And just, you know, when you, if you're a coach or a teacher or just a friend, you know, help somebody out like like you've done to him and, you know, in mentoring and steering them in the right direction and give them wisdom and a kick in the ass when they need it. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to you for doing that. Delaney for actually listening because, you know, you, you try to do that with a lot of kids and things like that. They don't pay attention. You know, you kick them off the team. He F that guy. I'm not playing for him. I'm not going back. I'm I'm done with that guy. Screw him. You know what I'm saying? The coach just hates me. He's just picking on me. But he came kind of crawling back to you once, <laughs> twice. You know what I'm saying? And then you know what I'm saying? He didn't just, you know what, mom, we're we're out of here. Let's go somewhere. I mean, he could have done that, yeah. I'm sure. Went somewhere else and just played. But if, if I can build on that, I will say accept the help. When people are trying to help you, accept it. You need it. We all need the help. And be open to life. When it's happening for you, somebody reaches you out about a, reaches out to you about an opportunity, look into it. Worst case scenario, you're like, no, this isn't for me. Right. 
Accept the help, man. Love it. I love it. All right. Thanks for listening. This has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. We're the Locksecutioners. And slay on, brother. Slay on. Slay on. I'm a you know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the catwalk.